Okay, welcome back to another episode of Live in the Studio. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Rebecca Lauren. Hi, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Going well. Um, Becca is our intern slash uh, co-leader at church slash, um, I don't know what else. Uh, we've done her album. We just did Prodigal. Mm-hmm. Um Corbin, her boyfriend, was my intern at church for a while. So uh, we've certainly been in relationship with you and your family and uh, friends for a while at this point. And we wanted to have you on the show, talk about um, music, talk about your background, because I think it is super unique. And (laughs) and, um, even in just your music leading from piano is different. And obviously, like we've been here all day working (laughs) on recordings and working on other episodes of the show. Becca actually did the audio editing for the first episode. Um, She killed it. It sounds great. Thanks. And so, yeah, we wanted to have you on. And and, uh, really, when we were talking about guests, you were either first or one of the first names Mm -hmm. that came up as like, oh, she's totally got to come on the show and do it. So uh, welcome. How are you? Thanks. Good. Excited to be here. Yeah. Um, Are you nervous? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're still, we're still shaking the nerve thing too. Like we last week, I think that's like the first thing I said was, yeah, I'm feeling it for you. It's, it's a nerve wracking thing, but we talk all the time. (laughs) So it's, why is it nerve wracking? I haven't really settled yet. Um, so for yourself, tell people about you, tell them what you do, uh, give yourself your introduction. Hi. So, I mean, you kind of already introduced, but my name is Rebecca Lauren and I'm a singer, songwriter, worship leader. And as of last year, thanks to you guys, recording artist, um, I've been writing music since I was like nine, but doing music and been in love with music for literally ever. Mm -hmm. And so it's a blessing to be able to use that, to have relationship with people like you guys, and also to, um, build my relationship with the Lord. And that's really what my heart is for my music. So I'm excited to kind of talk a little further about that. Hmm. Um, so let's start with that. Cause you, you already mentioned, like you started playing, you started playing or you were interested in music at nine or writing. I was writing at nine, but I was, that's I was a serious. little two year old that would like well, walk up to people in the mall and like start singing for them. So I was like, that well, obnoxious kids. So. What were you writing at nine? Like what's oh like gosh. what's an example song here of a nine year old's like songwriting session? They all sounded like VBS songs okay. and they were they were pretty repetitive. Okay. Um my very first like song that I thought was really, really good was it kinda almost sounded like a VBS and Israel Hewton song like mixed together. And okay. it was called God is Amazing. And that's like all the Do you lyrics. know it? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> she knows where I'm She's going. Like, no, no, absolutely no, not. stop. No. The title is no, every single line. Without yeah. asking you to do it, do you know it? Like, I do know like it, you yeah. know that That's cool. I don't even think I remember some of my first songs. That's a killer memory for like to be able to know stuff you wrote that long ago. It was kind of like a, a core memory because um, my worship leader heard it and I was like I said nine when I wrote it and she wanted to do it on a Sunday morning at church and mm. so that was kind of like a special moment for me being like this little kid who wrote a song, but yet my worship leader like wanted to use it on a Sunday morning yeah. and like had the whole band and everything. Like it was really cool. So <laughs> she had the whole band. Yeah. It? Wow. Yeah, that's it was awesome. really special. What a cool thing. That's a, that's unique. I, I, I don't think I started writing until I was like 17, 16. So you've been writing. How old are you? 21. Oh, math. I started writing. <laughs> I've been writing like 10 years. Well, you've been. Okay. So yeah. Yep. But by the time you're 26, you'll have been writing for Longer. 17 years. Yep. It's a long time. 
Cool. Do you did you start playing piano before that? Yeah, I think I was like I was like six when I started getting really serious, okay. really serious about it with my mom, who was my piano teacher. Um, but I would mess around with it before then. So, but six was like the start. Now, like when you started playing, I've always wondered because I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to play young, like I, I really did, uh, but I did not have the like discipline or the. I honestly, I think with guitar, it was like the one with playing acoustic, acoustic was the first thing I tried, which was, I mean, I thought it was a mistake, but mostly just cause it hurt like to play acoustic <laughs> guitar as like a little kid. And I was like, this hurts my hand. Yeah. Um, did you find like, where did the discipline kind of come from to like play that much that young? Was it just like a thing you had to do? Was it like a, you wanted to? I think I loved music enough that I wanted to play piano um, but the discipline really came from, um, my mom being a piano teacher okay. and like, you know, knowing that this was a skill that me wanting to be a musician later should have, I didn't get it. I didn't know how Mary had a little lamb would like help at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah. Um, so the discipline came from that, but the desire was always there, hmm. but learning in that way was kind of a challenge for me, but it was good. Cool. Yeah. I, um, I think for me, the first, the person that taught me to play guitar literally, was very um it's funny i think about it and i'm like what kind of i don't know if i had the discipline even at like 13 14 when she started teaching me when i would play stuff wrong she'd be like you're playing wrong and you suck Aww, like, she'd be like, that's really like, like you're playing it poor that's terrible like you know there would be like some like some severe commentary on my either if i did a good job i got like it was like i got uh praise or whatever but then like when i was doing really bad like sh there was no sparing like my, my feelings or anything like that which i think actually did help me um at the by the time i did Tough learn love. it yeah, yeah something like that um so that kind of i want to transition what do you think uh it sounds like your mom to some degree was a big influence but what do you think some of your like biggest influences in your in your music slash songwriting whatever you want to talk about i think like on a personal level um the worship leader that I mentioned before, just she was always great about encouraging me as a kid to dive into music and dive into ministry. And she never like looked at me as if I was young and um, always treated me as a growing leader. And I think that's something that has always really like motivated me hmm. um, on a less personal level. Um, from like a piano songwriting level jenna rain is actually someone that i've recently discovered that's been influencing me a lot she mm. is like tiktok famous or whatever and um she writes incredible lyrics and she's really great at telling a story um and really diving into the emotion of situations and so she's been someone that's been inspiring me a lot lately um and then from like a worship perspective um tiffany hammer with I think she's Hudson now, but with Elevation mm. Worship, I think the way that she stewards the songs that she sings is really powerful. Um, the spontaneous worship that she does always enhances the song and never takes away. Um, and so those are some people that I aspired to to grow in the way they have. So I like the, I like the idea from a ministry perspective. Anyway, I really like the idea of um, treating people as growing leaders. That's a cool that's a cool like take. Did you come up with that yourself or is that something that somebody told you? I I don't know. It's, it totally <laughs> it's totally valuable. You know what I mean? Like in, from a ministry perspective, the idea of being a growing leader, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't, 
I personally, this is it's not where I was planning to go with this, but this is how it works. Right? <laughs> um, for me, like in ministry, like I, I, or in life, honestly, like I never, I was always like, I don't want to be a role model. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be like, I just want to do what <laughs> I want to do kind of thing for mm-hmm. a long, long time, whether that was be behind the scenes or play or whatever. Um, and we're talking, you know, 16, 17, 18, kind of through like early twenties, like 21, 22, before I think I really had a, had a concept for even not even deciding to lead. It was more like deciding I should lead if God's asking me to, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, like I should say yes, if I'm, if it's being asked of me, uh, but I never really wanted it. So I like I that didn't idea. Either. I never wanted to be a leader. I had a couple, a couple. Yeah. I think we're different here. The two of yeah. us and you, we never <laughs> want, we, her dad talk, talk like what was, I mean, growing so up being a leader. I had a couple of mentors. Yeah. My dad was a worship leader worship pastor for the longest time and now he's a lead pastor of a church and he was always encouraging me to do it and I was like no no I'm shy I don't want to like I I love being back up I love helping but I don't want to ever do anything more than that and then I had a couple mentors that were that basically shoved me they were like do it you're you're gonna be good at it like go do it and I remember um I wouldn't join the youth band at all I was like I'm too shy I don't want to do it and so my dad took something I had recorded. Which it sounds ridiculously good, by the way. I've heard this me, recording. Yeah. Snuck around me and showed it to my youth pastor, my youth worship leader at my while they were at my house for like some party. He like snuck snuck them away into his office and showed them and then they were like, Yeah, you can join the band and I was like I didn't have a say in it, but I'm obviously glad they did or whatnot. But for me it was like stage fright right away, mm-hmm. which I didn't even I we said this on the show last week, but one of the first um when I started learning guitar, it was because my friend had asked me to be in a talent show to play mm-hmm. and she was going to play and I was going to play either. I don't remember. I think it was a song. It was an Anne Berlin song. And I learned like half the parts. And I remember like getting through and recognizing like, oh, I'm actually getting to the place where like I might be able to do this. And it scared the heck out of me. Like, I was <laughs> like, I don't want to. The idea of like having people watch what I do, uh, I never, it never sat well with me. And so mm-hmm. I think I naturally shrunk back from the idea of being a worship leader or being on stage. Even I, I never handled like gigs or, or just, uh, I don't really consider them this way, but I think young I did, or it was easy to worry about it from the perspective of, of performance, um, which I don't think is proper in church anyway, but I think at 16, that's what you're worried about. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're worried about how am I going to look? How do I act? What do I do with myself? Yeah. Those those kinds of things were were uh, kind of difficult things for me. Um, so let's let's say that let's ask this: How would you describe the music that you like making? That's a really good question. I think uh, it can be kind of eclectic. I think especially because I've started getting a little bit more serious about making music, and I can't decide how I want it to sound. Yeah, fully. Um, it's definitely worship based. Um, every single song that I write points back to the Lord no matter what. Um, so singer songwriter, I guess, I don't know. It's just kind of whatever the it's Lord leads me to write. Yeah. It's still developing. Yeah. We've so. heard, we've definitely heard some behind the scenes tracks like here and there in, <laughs> in your stuff. And like, I've noticed, um, little like incorporations of, uh, maybe like the right word is like some pop element elements, like a little bit, as in yeah. like a couple a couple newer kind of instruments or things that aren't like physically, like acoustically recorded. We've definitely heard you like add some stuff into that. Um, I know, uh, vocally, like I've, um, certainly the one that we're working on right now that you are working on here 
I know we've talked a lot about like incorporating more harmony and, and some things like that into it. I really love that your music is piano led. Mm. Uh, I think that's super unique. And even when you look at like, like when I think like uh, in today's culture, right. And, and not exactly where I'm looking to like, I don't think that's necessarily the pop is the focus here. But like when I think who are the artists that lead on piano, it's like, I know their names. It's Adele, it's Sarah Bareilles, it's um, the guy from Coldplay, uh, mm -hmm. Chris uh, Martin, is that his name? Yes. Um, who like, you know, those people for whatever reason, just, I know that that's what they lead on. And so it kind of stands out. Um, I don't know why I just think it does. And I think it kind of naturally delineates their music from other people, right? Like Coldplay is a rock band kind of, I don't know. They've bordered between like singer songwriter, pop and rock. They've had so many albums. Yeah. It's, I think. it's hard when you go through that <laughs> at a certain point, you've, you know, people like John Mayer, Coldplay, like these bands that have yeah. been around for literally ever, they kind of, you know, at a certain point, take a little bit of all the uh, Alicia to... Keys is another one. John Legend is another one that plays piano really well. Like, those are people that when I think about their music, they're automatically delineated just because they play a different thing and they're leading from a different spot. And I think uh, I've always really loved the uniqueness that creates in a song. Um, and I definitely think yours carries that. So when you, when it comes to, um, when it comes to uh, music for you, I'm going to move to the next question. That way I don't get us stuck here. When it <laughs> comes to music to you, what's important about it? What, what would you say is, what does it mean to you? And, and what would you say the most important thing about music is to you? I think for me, the most important thing about music is the message. Um, the thing that you're saying in that song, um, which even you can have a message in songs without lyrics. But um, if people ask me, like, what kind of artists do you like to listen to? It's really whoever has something important to say. Um, music that's not just telling a story for the sake of telling a story, but telling the story for the sake of affecting someone else. Um, I think that's been especially important for me, especially as a musician and a ministry leader, is being able to use my music to affect people and their their stories. It's hmm. a good one. Yeah, we... Um... I think, uh, knowing you and knowing like, I mean, like I'll talk to you at like certain points and I'll be like, have you heard this song? And it's like a song that in my mind, like everyone's heard and you're like, nope, I haven't heard it. <laughs> and it's because like, I think a, a large focus, and I'm just trying to give context for people to understand. I think a large focus of music for you has been worship leading. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I, I think when I talk to you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe like you've said, like most of what you listen to is worship music, right? Yeah. Like outside of, um, outside of just church and stuff. So uh, let's do this. Top three, like, worship artists. Okay. Because um, I don't listen. So we're the opposite uh, in this way. I don't listen <laughs> to any worship. Like, outside of, I have one album. I'm getting ready to buy it physical because literally every time I put it on, I'm, like, in tears. It's Of Dirt and Grace. It's the acoustic mm -hmm. album. And that's the only worship record I put on, like, ever. Um, that's that's a my good favorite. One. So I forgot about that one. Top three. Oh, gosh. Um, I think Mav City definitely is like at the top just because I love how their music isn't just, I think they're kind of bringing the worship realm of music out of, we had kind of gotten stuck in a rut, I felt like. <laughs> yeah. And so it's cool to be able to see such such music like bring us to life again and bring more scripture into it and still be like rooted in scripture and yet so like entertaining as very well. Fresh. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. very fresh to, to a large um, group of churches. And I believe that we're kind of like 
maybe like early 2000s was like the beginning of like that wave of mm-hmm. like modern Christian and it went forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same yep. guitar parts <laughs> reworked in different ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Okay. So number two. Um, number two would probably be Elevation um, and also Map City and Elevation together. It's just unstoppable. Yeah. Um, and then I think I'm going to split the third one between um, Vertical Worship and the Gettys, which okay. is kind of a weird split, but vertical worship is more like modern worship and they kind of inspired me when I was younger. Um, and then the Gettys, I just love their outlook on music and how it affects a congregation as a whole. And it's something that now I want to remind myself of. They have like a conference or something. Yep. You, what's what, tell me, what is that? Cause I've so, never really, you tell us you're uh, going every year, but we don't know what it is. It's, there's so much to it. It's, it's a very large group of people that go and there's so many different breakouts, but essentially they're focused. So they're modern hymn writers and um, their focus is to teach leaders in the church, not just worship leaders um, about inspiring your congregation to worship, not just in the context of church, but also in their homes um, and how you are conscious about telling the full gospel in your worship sets. Um, they have songwriting breakouts and like Q and a it's, it's really, really special time. Mm. And it's cool because it's a type of music that I don't usually like, it's not my go-to to listen to because like modern hymns just isn't mm. my vibe all the time. Um, but I have such a huge appreciation for it. And it's really cool to be able to go into that context and be in like this large room with thousands of people, just like worshiping to old hymns, new hymns, um, there's just something really unique and special about it. Mm-hmm. I get scoffed at all the time because I'm I'm literally a pastor's kid. <laughs> Never listened to hymns growing up because my dad was a worship pastor. So I listened to Chris Tomlin and Tommy <laughs> Walker and Israel Houghton and all these people that he was singing on Sunday. Yeah, song. God's great, like stuff like that. And so like a hymn will come on, and if it's not Amazing Grace or Come Thou Fount, I'm they're like, you don't know this. I'm like. I'm, I grew up, I grew up with the hymnal in hand for sure. I, uh, my grandfather was a Southern Baptist pastor in Berryessa uh, near like San Jose, the Bay area and stuff. And then my, I believe it's Berryessa. I don't know. Maybe it was Milpitas. I can't remember. Um, and then my grandmother was the piano player. So they were kind of, I don't know. I, I realize now looking back in life, like we mirror them way more than I ever thought we would. But like, here we are working at church, husband Mm. and wife, like every week, you know, that kind of thing. And so I definitely grew up with an example of a relationship doing that, but they, yeah, every week was, uh, I remember my grandma would sit there and play and mm-hmm. my grandpa would literally like during the altar call, he would like pace back and forth along like the front and like wait for people to come down. And like, yeah, it was an interesting, I just, it's such a vivid memory. And the hymnal, I remember like for maybe like four to six years, not really caring about opening it. And then at a certain point, like I was like, Oh, the words to the songs are in here. Got it. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know. Like it didn't dawn on me that like, if I wanted to sing along, like all I had to do was open the book and find the right page. I don't, yeah. you know, maybe that's just me. Uh, but <laughs> I would say that school and or like intuitiveness is not necessarily my strong suit. So I, it, it, it never dawned on me that the words would be in the book and special. yeah, I, I figured it out, but um, yeah, by the time I did, I, I really loved hymns, uh, definitely have a special place in my heart. I know when we play them, um, they kind of, they kind of take me back. Like I remember my grandpa's favorite ones. I remember, uh, specific songs we used to play when I was a kid at church all the time. And so mm-hmm. I tend to think of 
like in an endearing way, I don't even mean anything bad by it. I tend to think of my grandparents when we start playing hymns and those are good times and happy memories. Um, so let's ask a couple questions about just like artistry. Uh, uh, this is a good one. What's the biggest hurdle you've had to overcome as an artist? Like what's something that's challenged you? I think something, this probably isn't the biggest, but this is the one that's coming to mind right now, um, is as an artist, finding the balance between promoting um, myself for the sake of spreading the word about my songs and seeing that as a ministry as well um, versus just trying to like let it happen. Because I think for a while as I was growing into this idea of being an artist and releasing music, um, I had a huge problem with promoting myself or telling people about my music. It, yeah. was, it felt very self-centered and self-focused, um, but it's been really cool this past year after jumping over that and still diving into promoting, um, being able to see like how, what God is teaching me right here in Fort Mill, South Carolina can actually like spread to the Philippines or United Arab Emirates or China or like all of these places that I might not ever go in my lifetime. Um, and so being able to balance that as a ministry and not see it as so focused about me and being able to use that as just trying to reach people. Hmm. Um, share my story with them. Yeah, I know um, we certainly met a lot of other people, I think in the church specifically, that uh, definitely worry about kind of the the self-promotion side of things. I think it's, one, it's it's just kind of nerve-wracking anyway. And then then two, it's, it does feel, and I don't think necessarily that's without um, good reason. There's a little bit of weight to sort of, okay, like if I am going to do this, like I want to do it the right way, the way that mm-hmm. I like honors God or, or however you want to look at that. I definitely think about that when I'm kind of moving in and throughout and, and gosh, we release secular musics at the same time yeah, I was as say, it's nerve wracking, even not in a ministry. Yeah. <laughs> when you're, when you, I kind of, my personal has been my, my personal walk with that has been really feeling led that, uh, for me, uh, I never identified with Christian music, uh, as a kid growing up, I still really other than when I'm actively looking to spend time in worship, I still really don't. Um, I'm, I'm gen- nine out of 10. We had a guy in here the other day and I, was, I had a metal playlist running and he was like pretty shocked that <laughs> he was like, Oh, that's a great song too. You know? Yeah. Um, but I love that. Like that created an opportunity for me to sit and talk with him and uh, he's going to be over at our house later today. And like, you know, there's, so there's, for me, there's that, um, there's also some use, uh, and I see a personal, anyway, I feel a personal leading to kind of be in that gap where, mm-hmm. you know, but it makes it difficult. Like, and I think it's kind of the same thing, you know, you could stay in the church, but in reality, being out in the world and being a worship leader is, uh, probably more, <laughs> probably more, I don't want to use the word dangerous cause that's not really what I mean, but more, you're more on display. You're more able to be critiqued than if you just stayed in the church forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that in a way that's a similar challenge, you know, you're, you're talking about not just um, not just keeping the things that God gave you to yourself. You're talking about going and putting them on display. And then it's like, okay, that's, that opens, that opens you up, you know? <laughs> um, that's a cool one. That's a good one. I think that's probably, uh, I mean, that's common in, I think any age group, but I think especially in like the young worship leaders age group, that's a common thing. But when you're talking about like challenges as an artist, does that ever happen to you in the writing process? Like where you're, where you have a issue writing or where you're looking for, uh, inspiration or have there been any challenges like in your songwriting specifically? Yeah, absolutely. Um, writer's block is definitely 
a completely real thing. And yeah, sometimes totally. you just kind of have to flow with it. Um, God has actually really been challenging me lately that I've been writing for the sake of releasing. Um, and, you know, the songs that I have released from the Prodigal EP, I think the thing that was special about those is that, you know, maybe the last two songs that I wrote for it were writing for the sake of releasing, but a lot of them were just moments with the Lord. And I think that's partially what made them so special. And so I've been trying to get back into um, really being focused on just having these moments with the Lord and just kind of talking me in Him. And if He leads me to share it, to do so. Um, but as far as like a songwriting process, it all kind of comes at once. Yeah. Um, it starts with a prayer and... Um, I kind of get this feeling in my chest that the Lord wants me to sit down at the piano and do something. And then it all just kind of like barfs out. <laughs> yeah. So I've watched you uh, sit in the back of like, like during like a rehearsal or something and you're like typing away <laughs> like full speed. And now like, like you get done, you're like, yeah, here's we like, you are you working got on homework? You're like, no, I'm like with no, and <laughs> it's we're homework. not, like, we're not like this either, which is like more, um, you, do you write um, at least that one time I'm referencing, I think you wrote like the whole lyrics. You didn't have an instrument on you. Mm -hmm. Did you even have a melody in your head or was it just like a straight up lyric? Thing? I, I had, and I brought it home and really wanted to rework it. And I actually still need to. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, there's been sometimes there's this one song that I wrote that I actually wrote on a plane and wasn't allowed to like make a ton of noise. Well, it's so like, was... so, so you told me the verse that you did on Jonah's song, So Good. You wrote that <laughs> during a shift at a coffee shop? Yeah, I was at work. That's a unique thing. Like, I don't, I could not do that. You were yeah, walking, like it was in your head mm -hmm. and you're just like, that's insane. Yeah. Because that verse is insanely good. I remember <laughs> when, did you send it to us or did it just come out and we heard it? I think it? it just came out. And yeah. I was like, I just remember being like, wow, that is insanely cool. And yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Look it up. So good, uh, so good by Jonah Green. <laughs> I almost combined the names. Um, and Rebecca Lauren. Um, do you want to read a couple of questions so that sure. I'm not reading all so the questions? So you mentioned Prodigal okay. in your last answer. Tell us about what that EP was like both writing and recording that process was for you? I think from like the writing standpoint, um, it definitely start out, started out with a couple songs that after a while I kind of realized the theme kind of meshed a little bit. Um, the first couple that I wrote were very personal to me, but then I was kind of walking through with a friend who was struggling with their relationship with the Lord and the whole idea of like God pursuing us even when we struggled to pursue Him was just like always on the forefront mm -hmm. of my mind. And so all of my songs just kind of pointed towards that. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to record a full EP out of those songs. And so the Lord really started like pouring out those songs, um, which was really, really cool from a recording aspect it was a huge learning curve because like just a little bit we, <laughs> we had done singles together dear abigail and mm -hmm. hope is born um but this was like a really big project to be able to try to get done in how many months yeah uh, it's like six i don't know i, th I think long. it was more like it was somewhere between six and eight yeah okay something like that yeah so it was just a really big project and you know bringing together six songs and arranging them with you you i mean you did most of the arranging which nah, was amazing I oh my gosh I, you did I, such a great job it takes the song to arrange anything so <laughs> you know so it was cool it was definitely a great time i know for me and my boyfriend corbin to be able to build relationship with you guys as well 
Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a really special, I think for all of us involved, that's a special part of it for sure. Um, that's like one of my favorite parts about working on records with people is you just, there's, it's, it's like good and bad. Like you end up spending <laughs> like a lot of time and, and I feel like to some degree, I, well, I don't feel ever feel bothered, but I feel like I bother people sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, man, people are around while I'm doing what I'm doing anyway. Like, cause I'm always in a studio making a record. So I love it. Uh, when people are like as heavily involved in the process as you guys were, um, especially for, I mean, so Corbin, uh, it looked a lot like kind of, we were working a lot on singing, I think was the biggest thing that he was in the studio for and doing harmony parts and stuff like that. So I got to spend like a good amount of time with him there. Mm -hmm. And then obviously he kind of came on board and interned with us at the church. But, um, for you, it was a lot of, uh, I think, um, I know you said it was me, but like a lot of arrangement choices, I think were really valuable coming from you for that first record. I think, uh, being able to hear, and I think just recognize, um, in my head, like when you play piano, uh, I don't know if there's such a thing, but you are the equivalent of like a lead piano player as opposed to like a, like a rhythm piano <laughs> player, like as in, uh, some people play lead guitar, some people don't, uh, mm -hmm. that's how it translates in my head. Like you certainly have an ear and a, and a mindset for creating melody and, and, um, kind of not just sort of courting your way through the track on piano. Um, and so trying to blend that with guitar work and mm. with the rest of the instrumentation and still kind of let it be the center point, um, was a really unique thing that I thought was a cool kind of challenge to get to do, uh, together, which was a cool one. Um, what's your favorite song off? Yeah. Let's go around the table. What's your, yeah. What's your favorite? <laughs> Everybody pick. Um, probably battle torn, I think, cause I, I'm really happy with Ba between Battle Torn and Foundations, honestly, I think Foundations from an arrangement standpoint, that one's my favorite just because there's so much in it. It is a fun song. Um, and then Battle Torn's more stripped back, but the message is something that I connect most with. So, I think either Prodigal or Foundations. I don't know. Prodigal but, or Foundations? Yeah, I mean, Prodigal, I'm partial to because I got to be on that one and I and like, sounded mm. like that one, but um, I like really really like foundations when that one came out too yeah foundations is like sort weeks. of like if you're doing a dry listen through the album and you're only going to hear it once i think foundations is probably the one you get hooked on yeah. because it it has a lot of things that are just like for the passing by listener you know what i mean mm -hmm. and and there's things to grab your attention that i think eventually pull you into the lyrics but sometimes at least for me when you're when you're just listening sometimes if you're driving or, you know, it's just, it comes on Spotify or like whatever, you're not exactly like, oh, let me just sit and like focus on every word. I think Foundations mm -hmm. is, does a good job of grabbing attention. Yeah. Um, My favorite? I don't know. Battle Torn is one of my favorites for sure. I was so nervous to do that song. To We tracked cello. cello. Oh, yeah. Uh, So at this point, we had not opened the studio yet. And we were tracking the cello in a room in my house. In the, there's a back office or whatever. And I literally recognize like all the how resonant a cello <laughs> is. It's it's very loud. Um, and it just, it basically like causes everything in the room. Like if you had a snare drum in the room, the snare drum would rumble because mm -hmm. of the cello vibrating basically everything. You were so happy when that came out good. <laughs> <laughs> I was. And I probably spent like an hour or more just trying to tape up windows and just get as much deadening Ugh. in the room as possible. Cause I was like, okay, 
this has to come out good. We're only going to have like one day, one take, you know, well, three takes, but the guy who did it, I mean, he killed it. Levi, he Mm -hmm. was, he was awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's what, how much time we have? We have time for like one or two more. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. So let's sit, let's go with this one. What is something you hope to accomplish with your music slash? I don't want to call it a career because I know that we're talking about sort of ministry not necessarily making it careers at certain points but <laughs> like in your music career in your ministry with your with your writing what's something you want to accomplish or see happen i really honestly just want to just build a relationship with people um even the people that listen to my music um i just i think i really want to learn how to not focus as you said so much on a career or like big goals like that um, because I do believe that when you when you focus on the people that God's placed in your life through your ministry, um, the rest kind of just naturally happens. That's what I found so far. And um, from all my mentors, they've all said the same thing. So honestly, I just want to meet a lot of people and pray that my songs just really touch them. Um, if that's a lot of people or a little bit of people, just being grateful for where the Lord has put me. Yeah. So. Um, okay, two more. What's the best advice you can give to a new artist or musician, songwriter? Um, going back to relationships, surround yourself with people like this. Um, oh. Just people that... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know, all the feels. Um, I just, you know, looking back on my life, I think I, w- I wouldn't have naturally become the worship leader, songwriter, an artist that I am today, if it wasn't for the people that believed in me and actually took time to not only encourage me, but also challenge me in those things. Um, so for upcoming song writers or worship leaders or whatever, just make sure you have people that know better than you and love you and um, surround yourself with them and be willing to learn from them and be corrected and encouraged and encourage them back they're pretty special yeah i think it's pretty valuable finding someone that will build you up but not like puff you up you know like you don't <laughs> yeah. want like an, you don't need the ego boost but you know finding people that will like that will encourage you well and also, and he- healthily anyway knock you down yeah. if you know what i mean like you need that too of like hey like I, I told a story last week like the first one of the first times i showed up to a church without chord charts they told me not to play like they were like yeah if you don't know the songs like don't mm-hmm. don't worry mm-hmm. about it we'll we'll be all right like you can you gotta come prepared you know come prepared and i remember feeling like so terrible <laughs> i was like oh gosh yep. it's over <laughs> like Aww. you know that but i but it but it wasn't i mean i i don't even really remember how it was handled i think i was more focused on like feeling bad mm-hmm. uh, as a kid but i think looking back now i'm super thankful for that you always come prepared they weren't overly <laughs> mean uh, not, not as much as i don't ever feel prepared enough of the time you come prepared yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Um, okay. So let's ask this. Cause, uh, what's the song that you're planning to perform and what's it about? Um, so the song I'm going to be singing is called burden and, um, it's really kind of about anxiety in the form of overthinking. Um, lately I've been trying to really write songs that are super honest about things that real people deal with, um, very specific situations and, overthinking my relationships was one of them. And I really wanted to walk through the idea of like, how do I process that healthily with the Lord? Um, And so it's just kind of about how I used to think that overthinking 
thinking the worst in people sometimes of their intentions was a way of like protecting myself and not getting hurt when really it was keeping me from stepping into the godly community and into godly relationship that God calls us to, like God calls us to be in community with people um, and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable with people too. And so it was just kind of a song about coming to that conclusion that I really need to fight to trust people a little bit more, um, especially the people that God has very specifically placed in my life and to believe that um, the Lord is in them and the Lord is in me. And that's something we have in common and we can love each other through that. Are you sure you're only 20? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you, when, when people talk and you're like, okay, clearly that was extremely wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's called burden, right? Burden. burden. Yeah. Awesome. And this is the, is this the first time people get to hear it? I mean, I think there was like an Instagram clip somewhere. I posted something on TikTok a little bit, but okay. it was just half But this song. is like the full so, thing? Yeah. Okay. So this is an exclusive technically, <laughs> at least for now. Becca, it's been great having you here. Thank you for being a part yes. of it. We're super excited to hear and get to bring you guys this song. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. And we're going to wrap it up here. Sweet. Thanks All for right. having me. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Break the sun.
Jump to conclusions, leaping hurdles, God break.